Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon on a day that we did not, as of now, miss the news. Yeah, for once. Um, I would like to see, it feels like it's always the Monday show too. I feel like that's just, we do the show 10 AM usually ish. My time, uh, finishes around noon. My time finishes around 3 PM East coast time. I feel like a lot of deals get done Monday afternoons. The amount of time I would literally, I would literally love to see historically, what sort of things that would be qualified as big breaking sports news happen within 11 minutes of us finishing a Monday show? If you thought you weren't getting a contract, wait until 11 minutes after the Dirty Sports Podcast on a Monday. It'll get a done deal. This Monday, we were, I finished the Monday show and was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I was on the toilet when Rogers deal was announced i was like we this couldn't have happened four minutes ago yeah it's pretty amazing that it happens like the timing is it's pretty impeccable but we pushed today's show which i said to you last night on the phone i said this might help because there could be some signing some trades with the draft and sure enough as of not even 15 minutes ago lamar jackson has agreed to a five-year deal with the Ravens, we don't know the numbers. Yeah, because before the show, it, you know, you you texted me thirty seconds, a minute, two minutes before we went on. We were sitting in the waiting room together, and you're kind of like, "I can't believe they did this deal." And I was like, "Well, I mean, the numbers matter. If they sign him, which they obviously didn't, but if they sign him for fifteen million dollars for the next five years, it's a great deal, right?" Uh, I don't think either of us are the world's biggest Lamar believers, but I'm also not. I, I always like to say, with pretty few exceptions, I'm a truther. You know, I was never a Carmelo Anthony hater. I mean, I hate him, but I'm also a truther. But the, the hate comes from my truth. Uh, I, you know, if if they got him for a somewhat reasonable deal, good for them. They have they like him. They want to make it work with him. Uh, he's been great for them at times when he can stay on the field. Uh, let's see what the numbers are. I have a feeling in the end, I'm not going to think it's the world's greatest deal, but who knows? Well, considering Lamar is already putting out a video of himself talking about the deal. I, I bet it's pretty friendly to him. Right. Well, it's, you know, it's obviously something that he is okay with because he turned down some money, maybe possibly more than once. Um, he was prepared to sit out. 
you know, and the deal's done. So yeah, it's probably something he's okay with, but I think within reason, it could still be something that I'm like, okay, well, that's the Ravens call to, to tie their future to this, but I'm not going to hate on it until I know what specifically it looks like. So like, here's the deal. We're going to talk a lot of quarterbacks today because it's the draft and obviously the Aaron Rodgers official trade to the jets. So We'll, we'll go over all that today because quarterbacks obviously are the discussion when it comes to NFL. We, we have an interesting call about a strategy to possibly. Ch- and I know we're going to talk about it a lot. You're going to make me, you're going to make me sit here and wait to talk NBA. I've, I've poured myself the world's largest iced coffee. I'm jived up. No, I, we, we can talk whatever I here. Here's my thing. I'm just going to say this out the gate. I don't have the level of interest in the draft that a lot of people have surprisingly as a guy who's a big NFL guy, my thing always is, eh, it's the draft. We have to see them play. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's all projections. Well, to me, the, I have, I have interest in the NFL draft, but the interest in the NFL draft to me comes in sort of, uh, I would say a different, um, form than probably people who really enjoy college football who want to see where the guy they like or the guy they think is going. For me, it's always what kind of deals are going to get done today. Um, it, are are people going to trade up to to get a guy they like? Trade back to get a guy they like? Um, are are big players in the NFL going to move? And then of course, like what. I know about NFL teams and what I think that they need. Um, are they going to, you know, address those issues or, you know, like a lot of teams, do you just take the best guy on the board and how does my team draft? How does teams that we're going to compete against in the division draft? How do Super Bowl contenders from the last few years draft? But again, I don't really know enough about the guys um, especially this year with the Giants picking in the 20s as opposed to when we pick in the top six or eight or whatever, you're like, ooh, what are we getting? Um, so to by, me, by the way, I hate to cut you off. We, we, do have, we do have some information. We have some Lamar Jackson numbers. Ian Rappaport tweeted six minutes ago, yeah. basically when we started this show, that Lamar Jackson's five-year deal makes him the NFL's highest paid player Right yeah, over so Jalen, hate it. <laughs> right over Jalen Hurts, who got a five-year, two hundred fifty-five million dollar deal recently. Which again, we Jalen Hurts did not get two hundred fifty-five million guaranteed. Right, and in fact, the way that the Jalen Hurts deal was done, it's way better for the team than um, you know we talked about on the first show that when when we didn't see the specifics of it. But that being said, this new um, strategy of sort of kicking the can down the road. Oh, he'll be a he'll be a twenty million dollar cap hit this year, or a twelve six million dollar cap hit this year, whatever it may be. Um, and then somewhere down the road, we'll give Jalen Hurts seventy million. Well, you know, to me, it's like you're still got to pay that at some point. And so I understand keeping the window open, as we've talked about with rookie deals and keeping your quarterback low, but. Uh, there's now a thing with these uh, deals where you're going, we're going to keep it open now, but we're also going to fuck ourselves later on. And you get yourself into a situation like the Rams have where it's like, they got one 
and then they fall off because the cap situation is out of control. Well, it's it's like the uh, it's like it's like your Mets with Bobby Bonilla or the Reds with Ken Griffey Jr. Right. The difference, of course, being there's no salary cap in baseball, so sure, who cares? Yeah, no, for sure. But no, I agree. It's like okay, kick it down the road. You better make sure you get a championship. Exactly. Like the like the Ram like the Rams did it. They made it yep. work. They got a yep. title. That's all that matters. If the Rams suck for the next five years, you got a Super Bowl. It's not easy to win a Super Bowl. I don't think Lamar Jackson ever plays in a Super Bowl. I'm just gonna say I, people probably think I'm a Lamar Jackson hater at this point. I just I just don't think I just don't think he does. Based on what I've seen so far, like. I, I don't know. Like that division. Here's the thing about that division. You're not the best. Like, well, first of all, this gets really interesting for the Joe Burrow quarterback contract. Right. Dude, you're not the best quarterback in your division. Who's who? Who honestly is taking Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow? I don't think anybody realistically. Right. Not realistically, you know. Now you can go on the internet and get the worst takes of all time for so sure. The, but my there point are, is, there are people out there who will say it. But do you see my point? Like, where does that put that contract situation? Well, it puts it. Who knows? They just picked up Joe Burrow's option. They're they're planning on. I assume they're planning on extending him before that is over. Um, but who knows? Um, dude, the, the first of all, the NFL salary cap in some ways isn't real. Yeah. It's being adjusted how it needs to be. But at the same time, it's sort of like, it, I still think, you know, the Tom Brady team friendly, kick the extension, kick the guarantee down the road thing. It's a good plan. If you're going to have your quarterback for the next 20 years and just pay him until the fucking, you know, the end of time. But if you're like, if your window is the Jalen hurts window or the Lamar Jackson window, Again, like you said, you better win it. Because if you don't win in the next couple of years, suddenly you have a $65 million quarterback. Yeah. Now, the again, the, the cap situation and how the Ravens will work it out with Lamar, it has obviously yet to be determined. That usually doesn't come out for a day or two after the fact. But as I said about Jalen Hurts, and I stand by despite how they worked out the cap, and I will say it again about Lamar Jackson, despite how they work out the cap, you are you just paid not the best quarterback in the NFL, the most money that's ever been given out. So on that, to, you know, to steal a line from Mark Cuban, for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the guaranteed. I can't wait to see it. I'm shocked. I, I, I'm shocked because these negotiations had literally been going on for years. And it seemed like the Ravens had dug their, you know, they dug their foot in the ground. And it's like they weren't going to budge is what it seemed. And maybe they didn't budge in the he wants 200 million guaranteed thing. Who knows? Well, let me ask you. And the, but and again, they, ba on the face of it alone, regardless of how they finagle it, regardless of how they you know twist the cap into a pretzel, regardless of whatever, if if I'm the GM of the 
Baltimore Ravens and you tell me going into this offseason, we have to make Lamar Jackson the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. I'm going to say, I think we should draft a quarterback. Exactly. That's me. Now, fans, you know, GMs get fired for that shit. But like. Let me, you know, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because this will segue to the Rodgers. Don't worry. We're, we're, we're going to get to the NBA. I have a lot of NBA to discuss. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to get to Rodgers, too. Because, okay, let's go. But, but this oh, is a segue good. to Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a perfect segue. 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers is going to a top three defense. The Ravens have a top three defense. I will ask you right now. I know my answer. Who do you trust more in the playoffs with oh, a top what three are we defense? About? What, are but, we, but, what are we even saying here? Okay. Wait, we, do, do I trust the four? T- Everybody's fucking Lamar Jackson thing is he won the MVP, won the MVP, won the MVP. Aaron Rodgers won four. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers right. plays a style of quarterback that's been been working in the NFL since fucking Joe Montana and fucking Bill Walsh. Like, it's not even a question. I don't really care about age because we've, I mean, if you look at historically, just in the, in, in recent years, we have evidence of over the hill ish. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could still throw the football. Peyton Manning couldn't throw the football. And he won a fucking Super Bowl. And that's a testament to how great he is as a quarterback, how great he is under center pre-snap, how great he is with, you know, in the locker room. Aaron Rodgers is no Peyton Manning in terms of, I think, a couple of those scenarios, but he's closer to Peyton Manning than Lamar Jackson is. Well, we have the numbers. They're just coming in. So here's what we got for Mr. Lamar Jackson. Well, I'm already out, so. Five-year, $260 million, $185 million guaranteed which puts him second behind Deshaun Watson. So they, they didn't pay him the, they, you know, they did set their, you know, they did stick to some sort of reasonable thing based on what they wanted to do. And Lamar Jackson obviously got, he's the highest paid player in football. So he can't, you can't, how could you complain about that? Seems like everybody in this situation is kind of happy, especially maybe Bengals fans. <laughs> like, so, haha, you guys were so wrong about Lamar. I see in you. What what were we wrong about? That's what I'm trying to think about. Well, Matthew Reisner, uh, add to it. Yeah, like, but I seriously would love to know. I, what were we what What were we wrong about? The teams didn't want to pay him. Well, first of all, no team like. He's been a Raven this whole time. They franchise tagged him. They didn't want to give him. He, the reports were, he wanted 200 million guaranteed, right? Correct. Wasn't that the reports the whole time? Yeah. And we said that the Ravens didn't want to give him that. No team wanted to give him that or else he would have been contacted by another team. So then the Ravens negotiated a deal with him for 186 million guaranteed. So, Matthew, we'll come back to your comments, I guess, if you have one, unless you've, like most of you fucking assholes, have deactivated your account already and refuse to fucking play ball anymore. <laughs> well, look, man. Oh, uh, don't worry. I got a lot of it for a lot of people today. 
Well, I'm saying I don't I don't know what he's saying. I, I want to hear. I know. That's what I'm saying. So we just talked. I just told you what I think. Like, I don't I don't know what I said about Lamar Jackson other than no team's giving him two hundred million dollars guaranteed. And guess what? No team did. I just I can't believe wasn't the wasn't the report he turned down two hundred and thirty three million or something like that? Like I, I'll be honest, there's been so much Lamar discussions even on the show and just me reading about it, like I forgot. All, all I know is this. I agree with your previous comment before any of this about anybody who is a Cincinnati Bengals fan. No, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think Cincinnati Bengals fans are happier than if Lamar Jackson doesn't play and they have to start fucking whoever. Sure. You know, I don't think, I don't think you'd prefer playing, you know, his backup or a drafted quarterback. I don't think you'd rather play Lamar Jackson than them. But I think in terms of, oh, they're tied to this guy for the next five, five years, years at that number. Hmm, interesting. And we're yeah. beating them anyway? Yeah, that 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 top three defense. And there lies the question, right? Can they keep a top three defense? Because he ain't winning playoff games with a top three defense. Now, if they get worse, is he suddenly going to win playoff games? To be determined. I would put my money on no. So the let, let's let's pivot here to a little Aaron Rodgers discussion because that happened Monday, right after the show, as we discussed. I I I is there something that I am missing? <laughs> You're gonna do the same thing that I fucking did. There are people out there that feel like the Jets got swindled. Yes, I that's, that was exactly where I was going. The, the idea. I, I don't get is, it. I think this is so stupid. I said this the whole fucking time to anybody who would listen to me. Because Jets fans, and I don't think Jets fans are unhappy about it because Jets fans got Aaron Rodgers. Okay? But I think Jets fans sort of swayed other people into believing something that Jets fans themselves were going to be happy when it didn't come true anyway. Jets fans swore up and down. We have all the leverage. He's going to retire if he doesn't play for us. He said he wants to come here. Now we give them a fourth rounder and we get Aaron Rodgers. And that was never reasonable. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers have been in a standoff for fucking weeks. He, he went on Pat McAfee and said the Jets two months ago now. It was never going to be that. If you look at the fucking Russell Wilson package, if you look at the Matthew Stafford package, if you look at whatever, I don't care that he was going to retire or play for the Jets. They'd be like, fucking retire then, bro. Oh, you come off our books for for nothing? I'm actually shocked that the Jets didn't have to give up some sort of marquee player or marquee prospect at least. I thought for sure two first-rounders, not two and one conditional. Yeah. The idea that they had to – like, oh, you should have just poker-faced them and got a draft. Like, they did. That's exa- you did that. You poker faced them for two months. 
And in the end, you caved because the draft was coming, and they were like, do it. I think that the fucking Jets got a steal of a deal. Me too. This is what, like, every, and I read these draft grades, and I see, obviously, you just see things, and I read enough of these websites. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers, a number 15. They were going to have a number 13 pick, a number yeah, 15. That, those first swaps don't matter. Those don't matter. You're swapping two spots in the draft. And then a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers are going to get that number 13, as we mentioned, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a conditional 2024 second-round pick, which becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So that's where I'm yeah, they didn't even They didn't even get a first and a conditional. They got a second and a second conditional first. To me... Now, I know there's this like, oh, he should have to play in 2024. That, if he plays the snaps, then you get... It's like, guys, like, in what world are you living in where the New York Jets are fucking calling anybody shot? Like, what? You're the Jets. You shoved all in on Aaron Rodgers. You let Mike White go. You're sitting there with Zach Wilson the Packers are like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna let Aaron Rodgers retire or sit on a bench, and you're gonna go. Zach, you have a top three defense right now. You you probably are a playoff team last year, if you had literally any quarterback on earth besides Zach Wilson, and you're gonna go with it, Zach Wilson. Go for it. Go for it. The idea that the Jets had any sort of leverage other than the fact that he said he wanted to go there. It's dumb to me. And anybody who, honestly, I just think anybody who's saying that just like doesn't know who the Jets are, doesn't know who the Packers are. The Packers historically are like, we'll be fine. The Jets are historically a dumpster fire who literally needs this guy to come in and save their fucking franchise history. Oh, but our defense is so good and we have weapons. Cool. You missed playoffs last year because you, you drafted a horrible quarterback at two. Fucking three years ago, two years ago. Oh, you're gonna go in with the guy. You're gonna go in with the guy who the entire locker room hates. Your whole team is tweeting, "We're getting Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson. And, and truly you guys have like, leverage. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think I think anybody. It's just it's that it's kind of nerd. It's kind of football nerd guy who's like, well, where else was he going to go? You should have held out for a conditional and a conditional. Literally, the Packers were like, fuck you. We'll bench him. Yeah. We have Jordan Love. You have Zach Wilson. Somebody will come a calling. The draft will come. Somebody won't get the quarterback they want. Somebody or whatever. Aaron Rodgers says he was going to play for the fucking... It says he's only going to play for the Jets. I call bullshit. Aaron Rodgers also signed a deal with us saying he was going to play for the fucking Packers. Aaron Rodgers also said he was vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers says a lot of fucking shit. I think that with that division, though, I, I well, it's going to be interesting, right? Because obviously the Bills have won the last few years. The, the, the Dolphins, to me, are like a novelty. 
I'm not like, I'm not, that offense was great and cool. And you got the young coach, defensive NFL coaches figure it out. They're too smart. There's too much game film. There's too much studying. They figure it out. So like I are, I'm putting zero into the Dolphins winning that division. I'm just going to say to me, that division is now Jets bills. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and I'm disregarding the Patriots as well. And also, it's quarterback-driven league. We say it time and time again. One guy is literally weekend at Bernie's. Tua. You got Mac Jones in New England, who's eh. And then you got Aaron Rodgers. Mac and cheese. What's that? Mac and cheese up in New England. Just a just a fucking pound of Annie's white cheddar. I do like mac and cheese, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It's delicious, but if you served it to me as a meal, I'd be like, as a as a meal? Yeah, that's a good point. As a side. It's a oh, nice side. you're making pork chops? Little Annie's Mac on the side? Well, nice little side piece. And you go, no, our 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 entree today is some white cheddar shells. Mm. That's Mac Jones. Without hot sauce. You ever put hot sauce on mac and cheese? I'm not fucking, no. I don't even want it. No? Not, not interested. No. No hot sauce on mac and cheese? Absolutely not. I've turned into like hot sauce on a lot of things. You'd be like hot sauce. Hillary Clinton, you keep it in your purse. No, I don't. I don't keep it in my purse. I don't own a purse for the record. Not yet. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the boldest fucking, you know, I've heard the, you know, that's a real fucking white girl thing. Like I keep hot sauce in my purse. I got, I have taste. I keep having hot sauce in my purse. I'll take it one step further. I saw a guy with a Tapatio keychain. It was the the thing screwed onto his keychain. He had hot sauce on his keys, dog. I was like, that is fucking legit. Because you can you can keep a lot of shit in your purse. Women keep shit in their purse. They don't fucking need. You know men go say? out. Men go out. Wallet, keys, cell phone. Bro, they they sell hot sauce like belt holsters. Did you know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. You like walking into a restaurant like you're a cowboy with your belt buckle and some hot sauce. Real quick, get this out of the way before we move on. Have to have to give a shout out to Jerry Springer. Rest in peace. Past today. Former Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Former city councilman, former mayor. Of my city, former nine-year news anchor, former having checks bounced to prostitutes as he's a member of city and council. Then, of course, f- former white trash fight referee. Did I, I did read something interesting, which I didn't know about him. He was born in a bunker hmm. in England during a World War II raid. Wow. And his family immigrated to uh, Queens when he was four. Wow. So Jerry was never being president. That's why he had to top out at mayor and then white trash. He ran for governor. Yeah. In Ohio as well. Yeah. Come on, man. Tell, tell me tell me, you didn't love watching little Jerry Springer in the 90s. I mean, yeah, it got old fast. But, like, you remember when he made the leap? When Jerry, like, Springer wasn't always, like, peak Springer, people brawling. It happened a couple times, and then he was like, a light bulb went off. He was like, every day, forever, I'm going to make our fucking security guard famous. He'll have a show. 
It's truly amazing. It's everybody. It's everybody on social media these days. They find their fucking niche and they're like, "That's it. I'm gonna pound the fuck out of this." Jerry was the original. He was like, "Yo, you did a lot of ratings when that one chick smacked the shit out of the other girl." I was watching some highlights. How, my today. my thing was always like, "How do you not know when you show up?" And they're like, you're "Coming to Chicago or wherever he taped." Yeah, and then all of a sudden your fucking girlfriend was there and she was some dude she was fucking they run out of the back. They didn't even remember that where they wouldn't even sit down and have a conversation but about it. It scripted like it was all I'm sure it got to that point for sure. Like how many like I don't it, like how much of it was actors or fake? I mean, I, th- I definitely think it was it, it, it like morphed over the years. The security guard ended up getting his own talk show. Talk about taking the breadcrumbs, man. Anyway, had had to had to get that out of the way. We have this comment from Jack Smith. Is it? He said, "Andy, you were wrong about Jerry Springer. Man, they're 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 out for us today." He said he'd live to be eighty. You were fucking wrong. I want to know what we were wrong about Lamar. I I I, I legit com- that, no follow up comment. I, I legit want to know like was it that I didn't think anybody was going to sign him for that? I mean maybe yeah maybe I said that then I'm wrong and, there. And we and we but but we weren't wrong. We said no one's giving two hundred million dollars guaranteed. We ne- we didn't we? I mean we were just saying a couple episodes ago. This isn't even going back months and months and months. We were just saying a couple episodes ago. It's all about that he wants, oh, you paid Daniel Jones this much and you pay Bill. Yeah, but he wants it guaranteed and he can't stay on the field. We said that like three episodes ago. Yeah. They didn't give him his $200 million guaranteed. Still gave him $185 million guaranteed. And, and And honestly, that's the thing. We'll see if we're wrong about, like, we both di- disagree on the deal now. We'll see if we're wrong about that. You say he doesn't play in the Super Bowl. I say he doesn't play in the Super Bowl. Let me add one more to you. Does Aaron Rodgers play in the Super Bowl? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. But I like Aaron Rodgers' chances better this year. You like Aaron Rodgers' chances better this year than Lamar Jackson's chances in his career? Yes. I mean, I'm kind of right there with you, at least as a starter. I mean, you could see like... I don't want some fucking comment in our YouTube thing in 2027 when Lamar Jackson comes in to run the option behind fucking Brock Purdy or something like that. And they're like, he's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he's in the Super Bowl. So, like, my thing is, I, I've kind of stuck by this for a while. I think you got to give a guy, like, four to five years as a quarterback. And, and maybe that's even too long. We got a call about that. Like, like if you see potential and, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with Lamar, like, dude, we've seen you for this many years. It's equated to one playoff win. Like we know who you are, we, which, which I'm going to segue. We'll get back to NFL draft stuff later in the show. We got lots of calls on it, but I want to segue into NBA talking about the bucks. Like Let's we go. know who you are, bud, their coach. And, and you're not a good coach and you need to be fought. Like, that's my thing. We've had enough years of what I would call choke jobs, meltdowns. They've been a number one seed three times since 2019. Mm-hmm. Three times. They also won a championship. They did. They won a title. 
But like so many coaches out there, you know, when you have the best player and you win a title, especially in the NBA, it's way different than the NFL. It's way different than Major League Baseball. If you have the best player in the league at the time or a top three probably in, in considering all around, um, you know, one isn't really like you're like, okay, you won one. Like they didn't play in the finals all three of those years. It's That's like, what I'm saying. If you, if you, you know, you didn't play in the Eastern Conference finals. They didn't like, um, obviously we have a, a Giannis injury in this series, which changed it from the get go. Um, but last night I'm watching the game. I'm rooting for, do you know the answer, Andy? I'm rooting for the heat. In, so when you're watching last night, you're rooting for the heat. I, I think I just, I, I like this, this Jimmy Butler thing, which we'll discuss is like, Last night I'm watching. Last night I'm watching. I'm rooting for the Bucks, and the reason the, I'm rooting for the Bucks is now I want. And now we're in. The Knicks are in. Now I want Game Seven. I want chair fights. I want Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. I want Jimmy to hit Giannis with a chair. I want Bam to fucking slip and fall and break an elbow, but not real elbow. Just you know, a little ding it up. You know, I want this thing. I want them. I want Game Seven to go 15 overtimes. So I'm rooting for the Bucks. Now I'm enjoying watching Jimmy Butler do Jimmy Butler things. And like you said, we'll come back to that. But I'm rooting for the Bucks down the stretch. And you have two horrific situations. One, you have a timeout left at the end of overtime, at the end of regulation. They don't call a timeout and advance the ball. I don't know why. I mean, you look at the, the shot Butler got off even. That was with three seconds. They throw a lob. He throws it up. So that play right there, that same play could have been done in the 0.5 seconds you have left. Yeah. I don't understand how this play happens for the record. Well, Jimmy Butler shoves the guys when he's in the air. Well, look, yeah, you could you could definitely call an offensive Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph offensive foul in, in Kirk Cousins one playoff victory but I mean, he shoves him away look at it yeah he like that's how that happens now crazy shot that you still have to make after you shove a guy yeah but that's you know when you say how did it happen that's how it happened um so there's that but we're talking about pudding holzer and just like unacceptable. And then some reason during the NBA on TNT post game, right as they're asking him that they cut away. I didn't like look for the answer today. I can't imagine. There is no answer. There's no acceptable answer. And then you have the end of overtime. When I'll tell you what, if they don't fire him, they're insane. If they do fire him, he can coach, I don't know, North Carolina next year or whatever, because it was the end of every college basketball game I've ever watched. That's how you know it was a terrible end of the game. It was every single March Madness game I've ever watched ending. And that's how you know it's bad. Because in the NBA, that's not how games end. You're like, dude, you have something. Get a shot. The 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 dribbling, the no one knows who to give the ball to. And then, like, even the other day, we talked about De'Aaron Fox. 
Like they had a plan. It was a terrible plan. Give it to your best player and hope for the best. But that's a that is a plan. This was no plan. This was the end of a fucking this is the end of, you know, Wichita State Siena in the fucking first round. Well, he should have passed it. Content's actually open down low. And he misses that. And then he misses, dude, just shoot a little raindrop. Who? On the final play. Yeah. Grayson Allen. Yeah, but fuck it. Before that, even. No, I know, but I, I don't understand how he doesn't shoot it. Like, dude, you you, you got to take a shot. He's probably like, why the fuck do I have the ball? Yeah. I'm Grayson Allen. How did I, why did you just even give me the ball? The shot should have been taken fucking before he got the ball. Well, and also, this is on the coach. During the regular season, the Bucks were 51-3 and when leading after the third quarter. They just lost back-to-back games with a double-digit lead after the third quarter. Yeah. So think about that. Like, when you have epic collapses like that, I always put that on coaching. Well, yeah. But just forget how about the end of regulation. Again, you've got a timeout. They also had a timeout in overtime. Why is he not calling timeouts? Why is he not calling timeouts? Because he's a fucking clown. Congratulations to Becky Hammond, next coach of the fucking Bucks. So, so I have a I have a cross cross sports comp here. Okay, S- same town. I think the Bucks, dude, they're eerily similar to the Mike McCarthy Packers. Man, you have a star, Giannis, Aaron Rodgers. I think we know. <laughs> Let me come on. Let me break it down here. You you win one title. I'm saying you win one title. You have a team that's going to be a number one seed all these times or a very high seed. The expectation is title or bust. You've won one. The Bucks in the in the like mid two thousands Packers. Well, and and also and also like learn a lesson from that. Like how how many times do you have to get coached out of it to give up on them because if you go oh we'll win a title with him and then 10 years from now you finally give up now you're in the aaron Rodgers situation right you know he's a little older and now we gotta fucking convince him to stay and pay him to stay and whatever he's gonna want to leave yeah it is wisconsin after all i just i really do see a huge similarity between the, that those two organizations. I want to play what Giannis said after the game. Is this the failure clip? Yeah. Cause I think like there's a lot to this and I want to play it because I've actually thought about it a lot today and you know, how do I feel? I was trying to kind of navigate my thoughts on it, but this is what he said when asked by a reporter, if this year was a failure. Oh my God. Uh, okay, because I'm not at up. You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right. So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able. I don't know. 
um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never... I don't, know, I, don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other, other people's gonna win. And this year, somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're gonna come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. First of all, I like that Giannis is now a character from Ted Lasso. That's I like that. <laughs> Trent Krim, the independent. Was this a, was this a failure? Hey, what do you mean the failure? Um, I, first of all, I like, I love his answer. Um, I think he's absolutely right. And um, I, I disagree that there's not failures in sports. There is failures in sports, but I don't think being the one seed, um, having an injury that derails the beginning of the series uh, gives the other team confidence, gives Jimmy Butler this, you know, you, 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 you boost this crazy thing that's exploding in front of our eyes, this playoff Butler, um, you know, that, that you give, you give that a little life. You give that a you know, there's a window of opportunity and, and in like, you know, like so many coaches say like credit to the heat, you know, like they saw a wounded animal and they fucking attacked it. Uh, so, you know, if next year coming off the one seed, the Bucks finish 12th in the East, don't make the playoffs. I think you can say, was this year a failure? Yeah, it was. It was a failure. But I don't think not winning a championship is a failure. And I don't necessarily think just because they lost in the first round, it's a failure. Maybe in some years it would would be. But this is a you, you got caught in a very specific situation. You gave them a window with this injury and they fucking took it. They, Look, they, I- kicked, the, they kicked the window open. To me, to me, it's not, it's not like clear. It's not too clear cut, right? Like, like that's kind of a loaded question. Failure. It, it depends on how you view it. Like, I have no problem with someone saying, "Yes, we were the number one seed. We became the sixth number one seed in the history of the NBA playoffs to lose to an eight. That's a failure." Like, I have no problem with somebody saying that. The definition of failure is lack of success, right? But I also understand, hey, we were a one seed. We had the best record in the NBA. I can counter that. That's not failing. I've never seen Giannis like that before, though. It obviously bothered him. Well, I think, you know, and I like, that's why I said he became like a Ted Lasso character. I like that he's talking to Eric. He remembers Eric asked him the same question last year. Like, I think that, you know, again, Every situation 
has to be looked at as, uh, you know, all the, like all the elements of it, you know, um, the Kings, let's say the Kings lose to the Warriors. This is a three, six series. Yeah. It's a failure. Their season's a failure. No, because they're the Kings. They haven't fucking been there. In fact, we have said it's a success already. You have to start somewhere. You have to get your playoff experience. You have to know that you can go up in a six or seven game series against what was, you know, a mini dynasty. You like, it's not a failure. So, you know, if the Bucks, if it wasn't the injury and it wasn't, this series didn't play out the way it was like, you know, is, let me ask you something. If that series had gone seven, is it a different story? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, again, it's only happened now five times before before this time. So this is only the yeah, sixth but time. How many of those five times was a top five player in the league on the other team and then hurt for part of the series? One and, of those times. One of those times was Derrick Rose against the Sixers getting knocked out. Right. right? The the Nuggets. I, I would call this in, in the in the the this is like one of the biggest upsets I've seen. I mean, I mean, the we have the, with the Sonics Nuggets, right? What ninety four with Sean? I Kemp. think that was a five game series. It's a good point. It was a five game series. By the way, I think we have some clarification real quick, and then we're gonna come back to the NBA stuff. I just got a DM on my personal account. I think people are coming at me. Saying nobody wanted Lamar was a horrible take. I guess I said that. I kind of stand by that. Nobody wanted to trade for him for that oh, money. No. Clearly. So, so guys, you guys can come at me for that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Andy, I'm taking one for you here because here's the thing. This happens to me all the fucking time. And, and would I prefer if every once in a while somebody came at fucking Ruther? Sure, but they're doing exactly to you what they always do to me. And first of all, it's fucking stupid and wrong because you've said that a million times since the Ravens fucking franchise tagged him. So the idea that the, the, the Ravens didn't have to franchise tag him, if they didn't want him, they couldn't have him. We, we're, we're working under the assumption that the, the Ravens fucking want him. You fucking idiots. Or else he wouldn't be on the goddamn team. They franchise tagged him. They wanted him. They didn't want him at the money he wanted. So they gave people the opportunity to pursue him. And no one wanted him. So then they got him for $14 million at least. Less than the reported amount he was demanding. Guaranteed. Literally, he signed for less than $200 million guaranteed because no one wanted him except for the team he was contractually obligated to play for. Yeah, I, and, and, and that, I think that's important. Like, nobody wanted him for that money. 
And that's all I've said all along. Nobody... I'll take Lamar Jackson to play tailback for the fucking Giants today. Yeah. For $11 an hour. The, the question has never been, we think Lamar Jackson should be out of football. Yeah, no. It's he wants more than he's worth. And he proved that because he didn't. The reports are out there. Like, if we're going to pretend that, like, oh, that was just hearsay. That was just a fucking. Then what is this? He hasn't put pen to paper yet. He's not. He, this, is, this isn't signed. This is about a done a deal as fucking Correa to the Giants or Correa to the Mets. Until you sign, it ain't done. So right now, we're going on Ian Rappaport's word about the fucking terms of the deal. The same way we went on the word of Ian Rappaport that he turned down 200 and fucking whatever million. And however much guaranteed because he wanted 200 million guaranteed. He didn't get it because no one wanted to give it to him. No one wanted him at that price. The end. If you guys are going to fucking listen to this show, listen to it. You don't get to pick and choose what things you want us to have said. Which is a very frustrating part of fucking dealing with you guys. Well, and and I want to add, I still do think he's an idiot for not having an agent. Like, like I'm looking, that's part of the DM, like mocking me. Yeah, I, I call him an idiot for not having an agent, and I still call him an idiot for not having an agent. You know, he ended up with the Ravens, cool, because nobody wanted to pay him that money. Like, that's that's why this happened. And the Ravens probably felt they they were in a bad spot because they had no other options. And, and this is how, how it happened. Let me ask anybody who's out there who's like, if you think, if somebody's out there and thinks this is a good deal for the Ravens, good, good. Great for you. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. If you think it is, good. But if this was going back and forth all fucking offseason, and you think it's a good deal for the Ravens, then the Ravens won, didn't they? These team, this, this, the quarterback and the team are at fucking odds. He's talking about sitting out. He's talking about wanting fucking trades. And the Ravens are happy with the deal they fucking did, and you're happy with the deal they did, then they want. How about this? He wanted $200 million guaranteed. He can't call other teams. Like, Lamar Jackson can't call the fucking Broncos or the, the Cardinals or whatever. It's illegal. An agent can do that. Hey, man, I'm calling you about this wide receiver we got. Also, how about Lamar Jackson? What do you think? You went, he has, is that, you know, eight? You know eight, Right? So, like, I'm not saying you have to have an agent, but I'm saying you should have an agent if you're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I You know, look, he, he got his deal. Good for him. And, and again, we'll, we'll watch it play out, and, and we'll see. Oh, well, I, no one wanted him. I, I stand. I stand already under contract with. What do you? I, I stand by what I said, and then I'm also going to stand by this. Like, I, like I'm just going to say it. I'll be shocked if Lamar, guys, if he plays the next two seasons, I would be shocked if he plays all 17 games the next two seasons. How about this? I'll be shocked. You said it, and then I repeated it. We don't think Lamar Jackson will play in a fucking Super Bowl. 
Now, guys, you can clip that and fucking play it back for us and say we were wrong when he does. And you might have that opportunity. Yeah. But saying, LOL, you guys said he wasn't, no one wanted him. Meanwhile, teams like the fucking Falcons, who don't have a quarterback, were like, we're good. And then he ended up taking less money than he wanted from the team he's already under contract with, who he was trying to get traded from. And said he was going to sit out on the franchise tag. You were wrong. We were right. Look, it, it, look, it is what it is. You guys can get all worked up. I like, I, I don't. I'm getting worked up because I, I fucking can't stand when people don't goddamn listen. Well, uh, th- th- welcome to 2023. But like, m- my thing is, again, I, I stand by everything I said, and that's fine. At the end of the day, good for him personally. Like he's making a lot of money. He he's got generational wealth, dude. I don't think you play in a Super Bowl, and that's fine. Moving on, Jimmy Butler. He has played in the Super Bowl for basketball. He's he's been to the finals. He is absolutely on fire, and I I love this. Here's the thing about Jimmy Butler. I love watching him play. Because I don't think anybody saw this. Well, we've seen it before. We've seen it before, but my point is, even take it back a take it back a step. He was going through all these teams, and he's a headache, and he's a problem. And then Pat Riley gets him down to Miami, like he always does. He pulls the right strings, and he finds the right pieces. And I say I was rooting for them because I like his game, man. I like watching him play. I'm going to say a couple things about Jimmy Butler. First thing is I was listening to Bill Simmons today uh, and I didn't get through his whole episodes. So I don't know where they settled on this, but at one point they were like, what's the comp here? Yeah. Like, good question. Have we ever seen this before? And the best that the guys who were talking about could come up with, and I think it's a horrible one, but they were saying Kawhi. Because Kawhi made his name in the playoffs and whatever. And they and, both play D. They both play D and whatever. Okay. I think that's a horrible comparison. One guy made his name by being the league MVP and then or being the finals MVP, then leaving and making another finals, being a finals MVP. Like on a totally different kind of team and whatever. And uh Kawhi also had Kawhi also took those MVP, the final, the first finals MVP and became one of the best players in the league following it. And Jimmy Butler seemingly only does this during the playoffs. Now he has elite ability and he has big games from time to time, but we don't see the consistency. And I'm sitting there with the, a now heat Nick series upon us. And to me, the comp is obvious. Latrell Sprewell. Sprewell. Tons of fucking potential, crazy good upside, crazy big games on his first team, has a little turmoil, leaves, goes to another team, specifically excels in the playoffs and in these big games. Now, not to the level that we're seeing, but with the consistency, but also different fucking era of basketball as we've already talked like guys weren't scoring you know you didn't have three guys per playoffs have 50 point games three guys per round 
you know, the, 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 the 55 point game now is the 40 point game then, but wasn't that guy all year, every year, even on the Knicks. A lot of times it was like, Oh, Allen Houston's the better player. Oh, we're built around this. But when push comes to shove, Latrell Sprewell had that dog in him. He'd fucking, he'd get going. He'd start dunking on people. He'd hang on the rim. He'd be screaming. He'd be fucking. And then you'd be like, dude, you're not even a really good three point shooter. And he's like, Oh, I am today. Today I am. And that's what Jimmy Butler does. Jimmy Butler is not a good three point shooter, but he wakes up some days. He goes today. I am the best part of waking up is fucking folders in your cup. I feel good today. I feel dangerous. I think he's a much better version, though. I mean, again, it's a different it's a different era in terms of scoring. I think he's certainly a better defender, and he certainly has the ability. But like to me, that's what it is. It's the same kind of guy. It's like he couldn't do it day in and day out, even after he'd already done it. Like this year, the Heat were not good. But it's crazy to me. When I say no one saw this coming, like, I know he's done this before. He's in what? It's 12th, 13th season. My point is he, he, you know, he's no spring chicken. Like, if you really look at the, the youthful game, I mean, it's a youth, it's, it's a young man's game, the NBA, right? Like, these are guys in their early 20s. You, you, you become a star at that age. You know, he did what? How many years in college? My point is, like, he's in his early 30s. He's doing this. I don't think I don't think most people saw him dropping 56 following that up with what 40 42 right big shot after big shot like you're saying he's not a three-point shooter draining threes making the contested shots getting the steals getting the blocks and he's just like cool and calm I don't know you know he always had this rap that he was a total head case and all this stuff. And, and I guess I didn't know enough about him and he obviously bounced from team to team. And then he comes to Miami and he just fits. Well, this isn't the second part of my Jimmy Butler thing, which is three days ago. I'm like, dude, the Knicks are going to fucking have a home. The Knicks are going to get through the Cavs. They're going to be the home team in a second round Against the Heat, a fucking rivalry team with us, but a team that's like gonna sneak through the Bucks because of a fucking Giannis injury. Bring it on. Like, I was like excited. I went from being like, oh, this will be a good year for the Knicks. We're gonna get boat raced by the Bucks in round two to holy shit, we're gonna play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because Giannis is out to Giannis is back and scoring 38 and Jimmy Butler's manhandling the fucks, the bucks, the bucks by himself. And now I've got to deal with. I, now I have a, a heat rivalry, fucking all the Pat Riley shit. Uh, they have a better coach. Pat Riley's probably fucking in practice with a whiteboard right now. Like he fucking cares. Like, Pat Riley is coaching this team when it comes to the Knicks. Like, he's at practice today. Uh, Jimmy Butler losing his mind 
Like now, all of a sudden, I went from being like, we're going to get our ass kicked to the, by the Bucks to we're going to fucking be in the Eastern Conference Finals to like, fuck. I thought we would lose in the second round, and now I'm going to be devastated if we lose in the second round to the fucking team that always fucking was a thorn in our side, to our former fucking coach who just can't stop putting it together. Like, I'm scared as fuck now. And it's three days ago, I was like, the Heat did not, we're not good this year. The Heat were not good this year. They just weren't. They were not a good team. And now it's like, well, you get hot at the right fucking time. Yeah. Now, do, do would I rather play this Heat team with Jimmy Butler doing Himmy Butler things? Playoff Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. Would I rather play them than a fully healthy Bucks team? Yeah, I'd rather play the Heat. I'd rather have the home games. I'd rather game one this Sunday in the garden. Game seven potentially in the garden. But all of a sudden, I'm not like, we have a path to the NBA finals. I'm like, motherfucker. You know how much I'd rather get my, I'd rather the Knicks got manhandled by the Bucks in round two than Jimmy Butler go to the garden in a game seven and do what he did to the fucking Bucks last night. I'll slit my fucking throat. I can't handle it. I love Pat Riley. I've never faulted him for leaving. But God damn, if I don't want to fucking lose to this goddamn Heat team that that fucking has, has been tormented me for 25 years. I'd argue that the Heat, and, and they're kind of, you know, because of LeBron and Bosh and Wade, you know, there's that whole era of the Heat. But I'd argue they are one of the most underrated franchises. Well, since Pat Riley got there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like since Pat Riley. And again, Pat Riley is probably the most underrated coach slash exec in NBA history. A hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. Like they're my, my comp for them would be like a, like a Steelers. Like, dude, you know, you don't want to count them out. Like, you, like they're going to be there. The thing about the, the Pat Riley era teams, and you've seen this in the last two games. And I know the guys on TNT were talking about this last night. They always play tough. Like, even when they're down, that kind of mentality, which I think he brings, and obviously Spolstra is the coach, and he's brought as well. Like, they're they're never down. And I think and I think the thing about Spolstra is like I went a long time with like not thinking Spolstra was that good, but Spolstra is everything that Budenholzer should be, which is like you were there under a great, you know, he was there under pop. Then he went, then he wins. And it's like, and now you're worse. Now you're worse. It's like, Oh, you haven't been to fucking you. You, you know, you haven't been to your fucking trainer lately. So you're getting worse. The thing about Spolstra is there was a time, I think early in Spolstra's career where he had the best guys and they achieved, but he like learned along with them. And he just continues to get better as a coach. And you don't see that from a lot of fucking guys. I mean, you don't see it from the Doc Rivers. You don't see it from the fucking Budenholzers. You don't see it from the, like, there's not a lot of guys out there. Spolstra to me is like, I don't necessarily think saying he was like overrated when they were winning championships with LeBron and Wade and Bosch is really like 
offensive looking back. But at the same time, I don't think he was overrated in like what he could become. Cause I think he's like a far better coach now. Now he's done it with teams that shouldn't have gotten there. Yeah. And you have one of the greatest coaches and executives and whatever, like still pulling the strings, but like, that's all part of it. Sure. That's all part of it. Like, yeah, take that, have that relationship, have the thing where it's not like, Oh, he's the fucking GM and I'm the, you know, like, well, I mean, look, as we peek ahead to that series, it has a great potential for a, a seven game series. Let's peek, Andy. Let's let me let me do something right now. Let's talk about peek ahead to the things that are already settled and the things that are soon to be settled. I'm going to go in order of least to most intriguing, in my opinion. The least intriguing series to me from a historic NBA standpoint, from what the franchises mean, for what they mean to each other, for what their players are, the least intriguing potential second round series is the soon to be three time NBA MVP versus the new look Suns with Kevin Durant who is for once honestly not the alpha on his team. When he joined the Warriors, he was like, I'm the guy. I get the last shot. Now, dude, Booker is balling right now. Fucking balling. Plus, you got the Chris Paul. You got Aiden against the one seed. But that's a banana series. In any other fucking year. I think it's the fourth. Most interesting. Third. Most interesting. Two historic NBA franchises. In Boston and Philly. 80s battles. Two Northeast cities. That have this like. Not New York chip on their shoulder. Where they like. They got their own accents. They got their own food. They got their own racism. They got their own fucking. Shithead fan bases. But they are like, when you think of like the NBA, I know there's no like core seven or whatever, original seven like the NHL. But if there were Celtics, Sixers, Knicks, like, you know, you got, I mean, and they're the two, three series. They have two guys who are MVP candidates. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot happening right there. Then you go Knicks, Heat. I, I honestly last 25 years, great NBA rivalry, all the Pat Riley history, Jeff Van Gundy clipped on the Alonzo morning's leg, like a fucking, you know, koala bear. You got the fights, the PJ Brown, you got the fucking all of it. Yeah. The new look Knicks back to defense Thibodeau holding teams under 80 points like this has a series like the two teams that could play a series that closest closely resembles their series is that they used to play in the 90s and the early 2000s to steal to steal a, a fucking phrase from our good buddy Damo you like rivalry this guy this is a good one like and then again it's not locked up but a Lakers Warriors LeBron Warriors 
Steph, LeBron, all like what? Those the four series we're looking at in the second round. When you the the NBA TV deal is up in 2025, the second round is going to be the South Park jizz gif with money. <laughs> Adam Silver is going to be jizzing money on himself this round. Not to add to the fact, I don't know if you saw it, but Warriors, Kings, first round NBA ratings. Highest first round NBA rated game since the 2002 Lakers Trailblazers. Which game? I'm just curious. Of of the Kings yeah. series? I don't know if it was game one. It was probably the first game that was on a weekend. That was fucking Warriors Kings. I, I I'm well, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, uh, I see what you're saying. I was gonna say I, I'm curious that you would put, I guess, because the history of potential Lakers Warriors as much. Uh, you're, you're right. That's probably the most interesting. I mean, I'm t- I'm talking about from a global NBA standpoint, a LeBron AD Lake LA Lakers team versus the mini dynasty warriors Steph, clay draymond the history between those players and lebron let alone the team like now it's the team now it's the lebron team but that team is the lakers to me that's like huge um but again i think each one of these series is a fucking huge deal do you think the lakers win that series the talk, Memphis series? Uh, yeah, Memphis series. Yeah, I do. And I'll tell you why. I think that LeBron is doing this thing, which, I mean, he didn't shoot well last game. No, he's terrible. Shot terribly. But LeBron's doing this thing where he, like, is letting the team kind of run, and he, like, picks his spots. And we saw, obviously, in the end of the game the other day where he's making the big shot and he's taking over and over time, he's getting the N one and he's grabbing 20 rebounds. He's doing his thing. He's really picking his spots. And I think it got dangerous last night. It's like, dude, pick your spots now. Like get, get this series over with, get your fucking rest. But as poorly as he's shooting, I don't think, I, I think with the exception of the end of game, what was that game four? We haven't seen LeBron just straight up go, I have to turn it on right now. Like, I think he's hesitating turning it on for a whole game. He's fucking 38. He's got four rounds of this playoffs in front of him if he wants to win a championship. But I think when push comes to shove, I'm not betting against LeBron James turning it on against a Memphis team that's down a couple bigs. They can't guard the rim. I think he's just trying to... I think LeBron James is smartly and so, and also putting himself in a weird position where it like may cost him a game or two here and there. But I think he's trying to lead this team in a way where they can win a championship. And if that means that he has to let these guys do a little bit more now so that they can do more as they move on. I mean, maybe I'm giving the guy too much credit. I think last game, you know, obviously he hits, if he hits, three of his nine threes instead of one of his nine. Like it's a different game, but I think he's trying to, you've even heard him talk about it in the end of games. Like 
you know, I'm trying to be the X's and O's guy. I'm trying to like lead these guys. I'm trying to tell them you do this. I do this, blah, 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 blah. And we saw it at the end of game four. He's like, all right, fine. Fuck it. I'll take the ball. Fine. I'll hit, I'll hit an insanely fucking touch high off the glass over the fucking league shot, leading shot blocker for the win going to overtime, you know, like I still think he has that, but also I don't think he, I don't think like 32 year old LeBron James, he's just like, Oh, I'll just do it for the next 20 games. I don't, I don't have much faith in the Lakers if they advance. In I, them beating the a Warriors team. Or I'd go like beating- 70, 30, 70 on Lakers. I'm sorry. Sorry. Warriors. 70, 30 Warriors. If the Lakers get through. Yeah. You're, but you're not convinced. You're not a wholly convinced or else you wouldn't have asked it that the Lakers get through this round. I'm not fully convinced, but you are fully convinced that the Warriors get through this round. I am. What's the difference there? I just think experience of the, the Warriors. Have, they're a more rounded team. They're deeper. I just, some of these guys in the lake, like you, you, I don't know what to expect, man, from some of these guys in the lake. I don't even know what to expect from Anthony Davis. Well, that was what I was going to say. I mean, that's actually the guy that you don't know what to expect from game in and game out. Like, you know, I, I, I've still never been able to figure him out. But I think that's part of the LeBron thing. That's why, like, I mean, I don't think I'm giving him too much credit because I think it's pretty obvious it's what he's doing. But, like, I think he knows they need Anthony Davis to be great for them to win a championship. So they, he, I think he, I think LeBron James starts every game going like, let's get Anthony Davis going. If you watch the games, the amount of times where he's like pointing to other guys to like throw it into the fucking post. Like, I think he knows it's important to get Anthony Davis going. And then sometimes Anthony Davis just refuses to get going and he's like, fine, fuck it. I also think age is somewhat showing on LeBron. I I know what you're saying. And I don't know if I fully agree. I just think like, dude, you're 38, man. Like, well, You're, obviously, age is showing. I mean, he's 38. That's what I'm saying. Like Michael, th- Michael Jordan was cashing checks for the Wizards at 38. There's your drink. There's your there's your Michael Jordan dig. That should be part of the drinking game. Did you see the clip I put up? By the way, a great great scene in um, great scene in Dave. On FX last night, I put it up on the Dirty Sports. I saw it. Twitter and TikTok or Instagram and TikTok. It was a great fucking scene. Gate is crying, talking about being raised in the '90s by fucking things. Somebody, somebody left a call about the uh, the, the the Jordan uh, conspiracy. Which Jordan conspiracy? Like somebody's like, dude, how deep do you? It's it's like. How deep do we think? Here, I'll just play. It's 57 seconds. Okay. DSPN, you know what it is. Your boy, SF Perpays. I need to know, how is it that you think that it actually goes down when it goes down to, like, the Michael Jordan conspiracy videos? or Like, when they do the documentary and all the other players have to, like, sit down and tell them stories. Granted, most of them probably haven't, right? But... Like everybody got like you have to sit them down and be like, hey, okay, Isaiah, or hey, fill in the blank. You have to tell the story, remember? Or do they just film them 30 hours and just kind of clip that 30 minutes? You guys are a little bit more in the industry than Woody Woo, regular like me would. But yeah, something about that always seems fishy. Same thing when I try to tell niggas about that Derek Jeter shit, and then nobody believes that it's just propaganda. I'm like, yo, technically he's like not really that good of a shortstop, but I don't 
don't know. I just want to see how deep of a cut do you think that they actually get into the situation. God bless y'all. Peace. I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, it's... I, I am, like, more intrigued at this point by... I never thought about like the, the athlete spins until re like probably in the last five years um, until like you really, really see it. But like, I don't think propaganda, like, I don't think that's crazy to call this stuff propaganda. Oh, well, for sure. First of all, it's not, pro it's not crazy. Second of all. Okay. So in the early two thousands, the league had a number of stars, way more stars that were like sort of on the same level of like the Shaq and the Kobe and the KG and the Chris Webber and like the all like think about all the Sheed Wallace trailblazers. Like you look at like it seems like that the East Tracy had McGrady. Yeah, the East had had guys, Tracy McGrady, all that, like all that. And you're telling me. That was when the league started fixing games so that their big star in the Lakers could get to the NBA finals instead of the Sacramento Kings. Meanwhile, in the nineties, you had one guy whose head and shoulders more important league than any single other player on earth. And they weren't fucking fixing games for him. They weren't giving him calls. They weren't, Oh, Michael Jordan got there. Never lost. Never lost the Lakers. They fixed games for the Lakers. They wanted to hoist up Shaq and Kobe. Now, am I saying that the NBA fixed games for the Bulls? Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, actually. But um, my point is about this. The Michael Jordan propaganda in the NBA is very similar to the military industrial complexes propaganda about fucking support the troops. You do it enough. You actually have to, you, you, you can stop doing it because people do it for you. You don't have to. Like Jeremy Roenick isn't getting a directive from somebody to make up a Michael Jordan story. He's doing it on his own. He's doing it on his own. The same way you go to an airport and they're like, oh, the military guys in fucking in uniform get on the plane first. And I'm the one guy going like, why? <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about here? I got up. The fucking second my fucking Southwest check-in was due, I hit the button the second thing, and I got A3. And now this asshole gets on, and you're like, and people are like, yeah, man, respect the fucking troops. Respect the fucking troops. And I'm like, dude, they've flown so many fucking stealth bombers over your football games, and they've fucking, the CBS Evening News has shown a fucking Memorial Day thing and a, a Veterans Day thing and D-Day thing every year. They don't even have to do it anymore. Now people just show up to ballparks and I sit on my ass during this during the fucking third inning when the Dodgers have a have a fucking Marine. Oh, today's Marine of the game. And I go and then people go stand up, you motherfucker. I go, what the fuck do you care? Well, it's it's more, you know, I. I it, it's you know, I call a lot of that stuff like like far patriotism if. But it's the propaganda. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. that like, like that like convinces them that they have to do it. Well, that's my point of like, hey, not many people think when that's going on. Not many people at the stadium think, hey, 
what's a better way to support these people? And we could talk to Justin. What about this? It's like with like all the homeless vets, right? It's like, hey, PTSD, you know how you can bet mental illness, the VA. Yeah, you know how we can better support these people? Not honoring them with applause at a third inning of a game. Actually taking care of them. Like actually doing the something sixty thousand dollars a second or whatever it is for the stealth bomber to fly over the milwaukee brewer stadium with the fucking roof closed put it in the va right but forget that that's a sort of a side note but the, but anyway it's it's the it's, bottom it's, line is, is there's a some propaganda campaigns are so successful that then people start doing it for you jeremy roenick is just doing it for like Nike didn't tell him to do that, but Nike planted the seed and the NBA on NBC planted the seed and ESPN planted the seed and the fucking the last dance planted the seed. And well, now it's, oh, if I want like social media clicks, like I'm going to take that story about the time me and Michael Jordan played nine holes together and then he left and turned it into we played 75 holes together. He drank 40 beers and then he played in a fictional game against the Cavaliers that never occurred. Well, that's my point. That's why I said last episode, it's it's to be a part of the club. Like, hey, man, I'm a part of the cool Michael Jordan club. I'm probably not realizing I'm just pushing this agenda of, of all these things. And 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 again, I think the same definitely can be said about Derek Jeter. A hundred percent the same about Kobe Bryant. Oh, we like, talked about dude. We talked about it on Dirty Slides recently. I, I don't even know if Babe Ruth fucking hit. I don't know if Babe Ruth hit 30 home runs, let alone 800. <laughs> like, you got video of it? I've seen video of six of them. <laughs> They're fucking, they, they, he just sold, we talked about it on Dirty Slides because his bat sold. He swung a 43-ounce bat. Okay. Yeah, sure he did. But at the time, getting people out to the ballpark, to the American, the America's pastime, and so every, so that literally... For the first time ever, we could get thousands of people singing the national anthem in unison. They were like, you got to go see the babe when he comes to town. Who's the babe? Oh, he's like he's like Godzilla meets the Bigfoot. He's a giant fat man who hits towering home. He hits him out of ballparks. He hits him out of fucking stadiums. He hits him over trains. Haven't you heard? I mean, I you think- show up and they give you an American flag and they make you sing the national anthem. And you're like, where is the... Where's the babe? And the next thing you know, your grandkids are yelling at me to stand up at fucking ballparks when some fucking Marine that was worked in a radio tower gets fucking his throws a p- first pitch to his kids. Well, I think it's important when you discuss these propaganda machines, the amount of money behind this stuff, guys. Like, like, like when you're a Michael Jordan and you're a Kobe Bryant and you're a Derek Cheater. You have multi-billion-dollar corporations. You have Nike. You have Sprite for Kobe. You have McDonald's for Kobe. You have Hanes. You have Gatorade. And the list, like these, are companies with. Not only do they make billions, like their marketing budget, they're hiring the best of the best to spin something. And it's over and over. I mean, I, I I don't even know. Like off the top of my head, I growing up as a kid in the '80s and '90s, I don't know who would even be number two as far as commercials to Michael Jordan. It was always like a hot like guy of the moment. 
So I'm saying like, like I don't even know who I would put with longevity wise as a kid and guys, it worked like, like again, honestly, it's probably like magic and bird. Like it was those guys who like, kind of like hung around. You Shaq never was big for a while. Shaq was big. I mean, Shaq's still doing the general. Sure. But like as a kid in Ohio, and I've said this, I had bulls gear. I had air Jordan. The gear. NBA loved that. All like I didn't live. The closest I lived was to the Pacers still, right? Like, so it's like maybe two hours max. I hated the Pacers. I liked the Bulls. I was just talking to a buddy about this the other day who was like, I was rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I was like, first of all, fuck you. And he was like, no, because like I knew the NFL wants Mahomes. And I was like, you're so dumb. I was like, dude, I, I don't know how to like, I was like the NFL's whole business model is parody. Their business model is the Texans think today, today, they're going to draft their savior. They're going to compete this year. They're going to be in a Super Bowl in five years. That's the NFL's model today. It is. Today, people are on a flight to wherever the fucking draft is because they believe their savior will get drafted today and their team will win a Super Bowl soon. The NFL hates the idea of one team dominating they hate it why would they want that they would they, they don't in the 90s nba different story we got a guy we can pin our fucking we can hang our hat on we're going to china we're going to barcelona we're going to fucking canada we're going to mexico we're going to expand we're going to put a team in canada we're going to fucking go this and this is our guy here's our fucking guy and then and when I, they got the and then when they got the next guy, they were fixing games. That's when they and that and that was the day they decided we're going to start fixing basketball games. And I would make the argument, and that's that's why somebody like me loves the NFL, whether it's right or wrong. You're like, hey man, the small market of Cincinnati can compete with the small market of Kansas City for Super Bowls with the small market of Buffalo. You can't say that in a lot of these other sports. Now, now, actually, I shouldn't say you can use that NBA too. The Bucks obviously are small market, but I'm saying like baseball—that's baseball's problem, right? Yeah, but also if you look at look at the potential, like we just talked about, look at the potential in in the NBA in the next round: New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Miami, Los Angeles, San Francisco, all Denver, big markets, yeah, Phoenix, all, all big markets. No, for sure. Now it can happen. Cause you get a great guy like the, like Giannis to go to the Bucks, But if you don't think if you, again, if you don't think that Adam silver is jizzing in his own mouth at what's about to happen in the second round of the NBA, the f conference finals in the NBA and the finals in the NBA, you have no, this is the best thing that ever happened to the dude. They're going to get a 100 they're going to get close to $100 billion for the next fucking TV deal. Bad mental image, by the way. Do not want to think about Adam Silver doing that to himself. I bet. I bet. No, I mean, there is, there is, it's not due to 2025. I mean, they could also continue to go broke. We'll see. We'll see. I bet he makes uh, a little gizmo from Gremlins noises when he comes. Yeah. He, he, just, he just makes. <laughs> 
Tim Kirkjian noises. Yeah. That's what my daughter does all the time. Weird segue to her, but like, it's like gremlin noises. Why? Honestly, you did it, not me. I know. I, I had to, I suddenly pictured your young daughter immediately after picturing Tim Kirkjian jerking off Adam Silver. <laughs> you did that. You did that. By the way, she has been upgraded from Isla 2 Chill to 100% Isla No Chill. Oh, yeah? Go, go back to the 2 Chill, please. There, there's, there's no chill. 24-7. So, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's something I'm going to have to figure out. And look, we don't want to push propaganda because that's not what we do here at Dirty Sports. But I'll tell you what. If you're watching the draft tonight, no better beer... Then Miller Lite. Dude, this is uh, this is this is Miller Lite bonanza time. Every day I wake up, playoff basketball, playoff hockey, baseball, draft. It never ends. It never ends. My girlfriend hears that Miller Lite crack in the other room. She, she literally said, the other, "Like I went to the kitchen, I got a beer." Cracked it, walked out. Her head turned when she heard the crack. She goes, what game are you putting on? I go, all of them. I'm putting them on all the TVs. She's like, how many? How much sports are there? I go, you know how much beer in the fridge there is? There's a game for every one of those beers. Oh, yeah. It's on. It's on right now. It's it's a, literally Miller time. It really is. And, and, and we talk about all these different sports events throughout the years and the 90s and the 80s and who were they rooting for in this team and this player. The one steady through all that has always been Miller Lite, guys. It's the OG, the original, great-tasting light beer. Light beer with the flavor you love. Taste like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. That's right. If you're watching all these events, you don't even have to leave your own residence. Get it delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And uh, if you live in Milwaukee, have one on us, guys. I know you're going through some things right now with the Bucks. Yeah. So if there's one place I wouldn't mind being if I was the fan of a number one seed that, that lost in the first round, it's Milwaukee. You get it fresh out the gates. 100%. The I can't wait. Like, I am, I am, I have saliva forming in my mouth right now at the idea of game one, Knicks, Heat, Madison Square Garden, Sunday, 10 a.m. I'm putting a Miller in this. My gigantic coffee glass filled with Miller Lite. And and you know what? Miller Lite did not ask us to do this part either, but Miller I saw on Instagram today, Miller Lite Athletic Club, the the uh collab with Mitchell and Ness, fire. Get yourself some merch. Noise. Okay. Some breaking NFL news slash Ian Rappaport says not so fast. I'm seeing all these things that the Titans are trying to trade up to get that number three spot and also DeAndre Hopkins. The, the Titans want both. He just tweeted. 
While the Titans have had conversations about a potential trade up to the number three, among other things, they have not had conversations around DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. There's a lot of talk DeAndre Hopkins to a lot of places. Yeah. So we'll we'll see it play out. Obviously, that's kind of the joy, and it's turned into the whole thing of the draft. We got a few calls. Now, look, I'll say this, guys. I appreciate all the calls about the draft. Um, you know, we were discussing before the show. I'm not gonna play all of them. Thanks. A lot of you guys had the same calls. A lot of it was around the quarterbacks and who we would take and what we think about. But I'm gonna start with a call that takes a different spin on how we should look at drafting quarterbacks and maybe take a different angle than what these teams traditionally do. So we'll, we'll start off with this, uh, this call from Samir who is saying, Hey, these teams are doing it all wrong. This is how they should draft quarterbacks. Hey guys, it's Samir from Austin. I think GMs haven't figured out this QB thing. Um, and, and that is that they need to be taking quarterbacks in the first round or second round of a draft every year until they for sure have a do, which means that unless you like have Joe Burrow or Herbert or Allen or one of those guys, you need to be taking a quarterback every year. Too many teams will draft a quarterback, wait three or four years to see if that quarterback pans out, and then uh, eventually move on and draft another quarterback. Or they'll sign a mid-tier talent, see if that works out for two or three years, and in doing so, delay drafting more quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are volatile. They're hard to hit, and if you're taking a shot only once every four or six years – you're limiting your chances to get a franchise guy. Underappreciated aspect of the Super Bowl is the Eagles and Chiefs both took quarterbacks in the first and second round, even though they already had a decent quarterback on their roster. I know Wentz turned out to be shit, but at the time, Wentz still had some shine, and people thought he had some potential, and obviously Alex Smith was still performing really well. There's tons of quarterbacks that fall past teams that have a mid-range, a mid-tier, or a young quarterback that should have been drafted by those teams. Josh Allen fell, Lamar Jackson fell. The Broncos passed on Josh Allen because they had Case Keenum. What if they had taken Josh Allen? Uh, you know, uh, the Giants passed on Justin Herbert because they had just, dra- just drafted Daniel Jones. They probably should have taken Herbert. You need to be taking more chances at quarterback until you finally hit one instead of giving each quarterback four years and limiting your, your shots. Um, let's see what you guys think about that. It's an interesting perspective. I agree, but I also disagree. And I disagree because... You have to consider something. There's a reason you're the worst team in the league. And it's not always just your quarterback. Patrick Mahomes was not a top three pick in the NFL. The dude fell in the middle of the draft. The The Chiefs were able to get him while having a good team. He didn't go to the fucking Houston Texans. He didn't go to the Cleveland Browns. He went to a team that was playing in playoff games because he wasn't an elite prospect. Carson Wentz injuries. The shine came off him for sure. Also, they took Jalen Hurts in the second round. They didn't go drafting. They didn't take a, they didn't, they didn't draft the top three again. You have to remember you're drafting shit. You're drafting high because you're shitty. So if you draft high, and you're shitty, and then your quarterback comes in, and he doesn't immediately look good, maybe it's because you're shitty. Should the Jags have drafted another quarterback after Trevor Lawrence didn't look like he was the shit in year two? The 
Chargers we, haven't won. We a, had only played one year. Right. The Chargers haven't won a playoff game. They should go get a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. You are shitty because you're shitty. Now, you're a, you may be middle of the pack because you don't have a quarterback. That's fine. And, of course, a, an example, the Denver Broncos. Listen, John Elway should stick to throwing his wife down the stairs in a Coke rage. Uh, we know we know about that. Like, this is like Michael Jordan, the executive. Just because you're a great basketball player doesn't make you a great exec. Just because you're a great quarterback doesn't mean you know fucking shit about quarterbacks. John Elway, he's whiffed a lot. Like, he shouldn't have even fucking signed Case Keenum, let alone fucking passed on any quarterbacks because of Case Keenum. Um, I agree and I disagree. I absolutely agree. You look at a team like the Jets, for example. They drafted a guy. They're not dog shit anymore. But their quarterback that they drafted is is the absolute wrong thing. So if you're the Jets right now, you draft you t- you trade up to take one of these quarterbacks? You just signed Aaron Rodgers. You just traded for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, sit, sit CJ Stroud behind him for two years. Right? I just don't know that that's the best use of draft capital. And I don't know if it's the best to give up on guys. Like, I mean, Daniel Jones is a great example. You said the, you said Daniel Jones should, they should have just drafted Justin Herbert because they already drafted Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a playoff win. Justin Herbert doesn't. Like, again, it, you know, hindsight's 2020. There's a lot of busts that have been taken. Should the Giants have given up on Daniel Jones and drafted Zach Wilson? Highly talented fucking quarterback. I, I think I think something to remember when we have these discussions, it's so hard to hit. Like, like there are so few home runs, right? Like, like guarantees. There really are when it comes to quarterback. In fact, the Jets did this. Didn't the Jets do this? The the Jets took fucking Sam Darnold, then took Zach Wilson. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's, 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 this is just where it's so difficult. Even this year, let, let's just segue to this year. And, and I appreciate all the calls guys. We had a lot, like I said, I'm not even going to play any of the calls. Like, what do you guys think at quarterback? Because the truth is they're all the same calls. I could even say that for this year. Like there, there's no quote unquote. I'm just trying to think of recent memory. There's no, there's no Joe Burrow in this year's draft. Right. There's no like, hey, he's got the size, he's got the arm, he's got the accuracy. Now there's some projects out there, right? Yeah, and I don't think Bryce Young's a project. I think he's got all the things, but he's there's questions about his size. Can but that's my point. In the NFL. Yeah. That's my point. Like, like, like there's still quite like I I like I like Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young too. And I've seen him play more than the other guys, obviously, because Bam was on national TV. And I don't watch the most college football like you. I like Bryce Young too. But my thing is also my thing with a guy like Richardson, for example, or even Will Levis, or even whatever. I mean, Richardson went to Florida. Like, I don't watch college football. I haven't watched college football in a long time. I knew what Tim Tebow was because he was winning fucking games at Florida. 
Yeah. I knew Cam Newton was because Cam Newton won the fucking Heisman. He won a championship. Like, I'm not saying the same way I didn't say, like, dude, I love it when you go out and you get a Josh Allen from fucking Wyoming that no one's fucking heard of. And he's had to play in a situation where it's like you're always under the fucking gun. I love the Eli Manning, you know, doormat of the fucking SEC kind of thing. But like, if you're on Florida or you're on Auburn or you're on whoever and you're not fu- like, I don't know you because you fucking aren't in the SEC championship game, which is about when I start watching college football, then I just don't know you. I'm not saying you don't have potential, but I'm saying you'd be a sure thing if I fucking knew of you. Yeah. Like a Will Levis. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. No, me. I'm, I'm going to watch a goddamn thing. Sam. And guess what? It really won't matter to me depending on like where he goes. I think also, which he didn't mention. My, my opinion of a guy like that will change drastically if fucking Belichick trades up to get him. Yeah, or- exactly. But I think a lot of times teams reach too. We, we see it. We see drafts where there aren't that rich of a QB crop and teams are still like, well, they're not that good this year, but we need a QB. And then they draft some dipshit at number three. And then you're stuck with, I mean, Zach Wilson's kind of a prime example. Like you're, you're stuck with a guy who is not panning out. His teammates hate him. And you're already moving. Like, like, the, the the Jets, in a way, have tried this. They went from Darnold. They went to Zach Wilson. They're, dude, they're over two. Like, you better hit. That's the thing. You better hit on one of these guys. I, I understand that you have to figure out within a few years, does this QB have the potential to take us to a Super Bowl? And I, and I just also think the examples of, like, Mahomes or something like that, it's like, we're talking about a, a middle of the pack team that went up and got a guy that they thought was undervalued at fucking, where did he go? Texas tech. No, I'm saying in the draft 10 oh. or something like that. 10 or 12. Yeah. We're not talking about the chiefs went up and got whoever. And also that's the, that's the thing. Ooh, you, you look at a team like yeah, that. He went 10th. You look at a team like that. We were saying it forever. Alex Smith. Good, not great. Now, listen to me. Listen to me right now. The Vikings making a move? Going to get a guy to replace their Alex Smith? I love it. I love it. They won't do it because, God damn it, like, look at them. Look at at where we're at with them. Yeah. But I fucking, I would love that for them. Sure. Sure. If you're a Vikings fan, like Jesse Stanga, fucking Mapadoti, this is what I'm rooting for for you. Go, you got, you have Alex Smith. How's that fucking working out for you? Go sure. get Mahomes. All right, let's get to another NFL call. Hello, Joe and Andy. OG shithead turned dirt ball scout from West Virginia. Just got a couple questions for you. What would you think of the NFL removing the salary cap? Would that help or hurt the current QB salary situation and just keeping teams together overall? Um, In addition to that, Joe, with the recent trade of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, are you worried about the Jets bet? And what even were the stipulations of the original Jets bet? 
And finally, Andy, with everything that you've done with the podcast, moving it to a digital medium, why don't you have guests on anymore? I feel like that'd be uh, pretty easy to do. Uh, Condoms are for Joe Bartnick. (laughs) Why don't you have guests on anymore? Condoms are for your guests. Well, we can start with the last question. I mean, we can have guests on. I actually found it easy. I know this might sound crazy. In a weird way, it was like almost easier. Hey, come here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like we have made super supreme efforts to have like. No, I, I, I like, haven't. And maybe it maybe it is easier these days. But it's like, hey, you just have to log into a fucking Zoom thing. Uh, you know me. I'm I'm down for it. Especially, I mean, like this time of year, I don't think we need them. You know, we have we had first of all, we had a hockey correspondent on last episode. (laughs) So, uh, you know, but like uh, I'm always down to have people on to add something to this. If we had to talk hockey or we have to talk whatever or, you know, some team drafts somebody and let's have somebody that like blah, blah, blah. I'm always down for it. Um, Salary like the NFL makes too much money not to have a salary cap. We just talked about the parody. Yeah, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. All the cap finagling, all the fucking thing. They're already bending the cap as far as like, you like Joe Burrow on the Bengals? Say goodbye to that. There's, I mean, with the with the amount of money in the NFL, the like, look at what the Rams did a couple years ago. Look what the Rams did a couple years ago. We have a new fucking stadium. We're in LA. Let's make a splash. Let's get everybody. You guys like dynasties? The Rams would still be winning because the Rams would have re-signed Von Miller. They would have signed Odell Beckham Jr. and been like, cool, sit out next year. They would have signed Mahomes to fucking back up Stafford or Stafford to back like, Yeah. Is baseball fun for you guys? I, I was going to say, like, why would you, like, best thing ever. Are you worried about the Jets bet? Um, well, yes, I am worried about the Jets bet. This is precisely so. I'll, I'll say this: there's this is a this is sort of a, a catch twenty two, if you will. I am obviously worried about the Jets bet. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback the Jets have had since Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe going further back than that. Um, the idea, I think, Kyle will have to call next show. Remind us all where we landed. I think it's now 11 wins instead of 10 wins or 10 wins in a division or 10 wins in a playoff win, something like that. I forget where it is. But, of course, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a top, you know, five quarterback of all time. He's a top, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's a top three quarterback in the NFL when he's at his best today. Like, he's fucking, he's he's an all-timer. Of course I'm worried about it. Flip side of the coin, it's still the Jets. Yeah. It's still the Jets. Like like he'll shred his ACL or something. He'll shred his ACL or they'll win fucking 10 games and they'll lose to the fucking whoever. They're still the Jets. Like, dude, Favre went there. Started eight and three. And then where'd he go? He was in the Vikings and took that Vikings to an NFC championship game. It's still the Jets. It is crazy. It's still the Jets. Yeah. Now, as a Giants fan, separate from the bet, it's sort of like I was talking to somebody about this the other day. They were like, are you worried about like the Jets? And I'm like, we don't really have a rivalry like that with the Jets. Like I'm not. I mean, Jets fans can be a 
are certainly the more obnoxious of the two franchises. Um, so like, you don't want the jets to be going to the AFC championship game and the, and the giants to stink, but I think it's great to have both football teams be great. I mean, if you look at New York sports right now, just in the most recent iteration of playoffs, every single New York team, Knicks, Nets, Mets, Yankees, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, New York Giants, every single franchise in New York sports in the big three, four, made the playoffs, except the New York Jets, who just got Aaron Rodgers. So it's like New York sports is back, baby. Yeah. So good for the Jets. But yeah, of course I'm worried about that. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's also the Jets. It's also the Jets. I mean, I mean, I, I sent you this the other day. I'll just pull it up. I mean, it's it's it just it sums up the Jets. Somebody tweeted out division title since 1966. Since 1966, division titles. The Lions are the fewest with three. The Jets are tied with the Jags for second fewest with four. Like, think about that. Since 1966, the Jets have four division titles, one above the Lions. Like, you're in They're winning them every fucking 15 years? Like, what? Yeah. Uh, Just a division. That's not even a playoff game. A division title. Yeah, Jets going to Jet. Although, look, I I, got to say, I I, I like it. You know, they're down. I like seeing a team that's down. You get... You get Aaron Rodgers. I like Robert Sala. I like how what he does as a coach. I, I like, I like his persona. I like what he did in San Francisco. It's gonna be a fun division. All right, let's get out of here. NFL draft about to happen. Let's go. 310-359-8365. That is our hotline. Give us a ring. Social at the Dirty Sports. At Joe Prano on all social media, uh, JoePrano.com for shows. I got a bunch of shows coming up in LA. Uh, there's a great show, Laugh City. Our boy Lyle Barons runs this show called Laugh City. Uh, that's the one at Ueno Vino. Uh, he's doing it every few weeks there in Atwater Village. I'll be on that like a few times the next month. Vegas at the end of uh, May. Stanford, Connecticut, June. 7th wednesday june 7th it's going to be a bonanza sort of a homecoming show you know right down the block from where i went to high school uh friends and family will be in the crowd pre show i'm sure there'll be like dinner post show after party it's gonna be like one of those it's gonna be like an event so if you're in the tri-state area uh get your tickets now come down to see me at uh, new york comedy club stanford june 7th uh i shout out to the dirt balls who've already joined my sub stack uh shout out especially to our boy Keenan Soto, the first paid member of the Substack, even though I'm not, I haven't put out my page yet, but I'm about to, it starts today. Um, but follow me on Substack. Um, lots of good stuff coming there. Stand-up comedy clips, podcasts, tweets, sort of stuff on the Substack notes, all kinds of things. People have been like, Nick's heat. No, Mets, talk to me about it. I'm doing it. It's all over there. Follow me over there, please. We'd appreciate it. Follow me for free for starters. And then you can decide if you want to jump in and subscribe. You guys can follow me on my new uh, dad Facebook group. 
dads helping dads that's that's live so make sure you do that as well it's lit i i did out of curiosity and we'll wrap this up i put in dad pod into there's like 30 dad there's like 30 podcasts just called dad pod yeah i'm i mean surprised I, like, I just started laughing like this many we have this many anyway all right guys that's our show Enjoy your weekend. I'm going to go play with Roscoe. He's antsy. He's got ball. He keeps bringing the balls over here. That's why I keep looking over there. Guy guy gets the house to himself with me today. Look, can I do one last, one last yeah. minute plug before we get going? Uh, if you – shout out to Roscoe, by the way. Um, love Roscoe. House, the, house to, uh, the house that Roscoe built, Casa Roscoe. Roscoe, unlike Babe Ruth, truly built that house. He is real. He's not a CIA propaganda campaign. There he is. Uh, Roscoe, great dog. Another great dog. The the rescue that I have, Jack. I'm fostering Jack the Great Dane. It's on my TikTok. It's on my Instagram. If you're in the LA area or know someone who is, I got a fantastic fucking dog that is too much dog for a guy that goes on the road as much as I do. I'd love to keep him. I might end up keeping him. But I really love to give him a good home. If you or someone you know is in and around Los Angeles and needs an amazing dog, DM me. Bye. All right. That's our show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. And as always, stay dirty. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go.